Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krauss. I'm Richard Krauss. A little bit later on, Michael Cera pulls up a beanbag chair at the old House of Krauss to talk about his movie, The Lego Batman Movie. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. First up though, it's a conversation I wanted to share with you that I wish I was sharing under more uh, pleasant and happier circumstances. As you may have heard by now, the body of Toronto filmmaker Rob Stewart was found, as they say in the release, found peacefully in the ocean after he disappeared while diving in the Florida Keys. Rob Stewart is probably best known for the documentary uh, Sharkwater in 2006. He was working on a follow-up called Sharkwater Extinction. Uh, I knew him as a passionate advocate for all things environmental and certainly and most specifically sharks. He probably knew more about sharks than anyone on the planet and worked tirelessly uh, as an advocate for them and tried to stop the sale of shark fin soup and many, many other things. Uh, he talked about shark water extinction uh, with me recently. He was still in the beginning stages of the film, but he never got to finish it. And that's a shame because he promises in this interview some blockbuster revelations. And uh, we may now never find out exactly what he had in mind. This is Rob Stewart talking about shark water extinction. Interesting that shark matter, shark carcasses, shark fins pop up in a lot of products that we don't know. So I didn't, I wouldn't think that the hair gel that I use has shark in it, but it very well might. Is that what you're telling me? It very well might, yeah. When we made our first film, Shark Water, the whole issue was shark fin soup and the consumption yep. of this dish in Asia, and we were killing 100 million sharks a year. Now legislation has changed, shark finning is banned throughout most of the world, and you have to land shark bodies attached to their fins, but that created industries out of the bodies. And now people are processing shark bodies into all sorts of things. In North America and Europe, it's being renamed flake and rock salmon and whitefish. So we don't know we're eating shark. And shark livers are being processed into many of our high-end and big-name cosmetics. It's in lipstick and eyeliner and moisturizer. And is this the kind of thing, like, years ago, uh, they used to say, like, you know, if you're eating tuna, chances are good you're eating, actually eating dolphin. Where do they just rename something to make it more palatable for, you know, the, the mass market? They do rename it, yeah, because e eating a shark is a radically different thing than eating a fish. You know, right. sharks predate the dinosaurs by 200 million years. They were here before there were trees. They can live to be 170 years old. They take, you know, sometimes 40 years to reach sexual maturity. They'll have a few pups where a fish will have 10,000 eggs. Right. You know, so it's a radically different thing eating a shark. And I think the, the general perception of the public, particularly now... <laughs> is maybe we shouldn't be eating, you know, the oldest, longest-lasting, most important predator the planet has. When did you get in, in interested in sharks? I mean, I know when shark water came out, uh, I interviewed you a lot of times, you speak all over the world about sharks and their importance to our world, but when did it first occur to you that this was a, a, a big deal? Ooh, I, I've been swimming with sharks since I was a kid um, and had a fascination from a very young age. Sharks were like dragons and dinosaurs, but they were actually here and they were real. <laughs> Um, and I became a wildlife photographer and a marine biologist when I was 18, 19, 20. And one of my first photo assignments as a photographer was to photograph hammerhead sharks in the Galapagos Islands, which should be the most protected place on the planet. Mm -hmm. And instead of sharks in this marine reserve, there was a fishing line that would stretch from Earth to outer space and hundreds of dead sharks. And, and that just has stayed with you ever since? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I quickly realized, and, and the scientific community told me, and as we under, undertook this adventure to try to make a movie, that sharks were being decimated all over the world, and nobody cared because everyone was afraid of sharks. And championing the sharks was like championing the plague, you know? Right. And so as long as people had this fear, we weren't going <laughs> to fight for their protection. Is Jaws the worst thing that has ever happened to sharks? Jaws is one of the worst things that's ever happened to sharks. Because it's a good movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> but, it, but it came out at a time when we knew literally nothing about sharks. Yeah. You know, so when Jaws came out, it was the documentary. Okay, that's what sharks are like. They're mm-hmm. menacing predators of people. And so after that, people literally went out and tried to kill sharks to save humanity from this vicious beast. And that perception persists today. I grew up on a beach. And the summer that Jaws came out, uh, it was the, that summer was okay. The next summer, when we made our living off of tourists and you know all the people that would come in from all over the world and rent cabins, you could fire a cannon down that beach like nobody went in the ocean for a year or two afterwards. It really made a huge impact on people. Wow. Yeah, and the reality with sharks is radically different. Sharks are sophisticated, intelligent, often shy. We swim in the ocean every year, eight plus billion times, and 60 people on average get bitten by sharks every year with and, five fatalities. And, and why, why do they come after humans at all on the, on the very rare occasion that they do? Because we dress up like shark food and go swimming in areas where they hunt, and we've wiped out 90% of the fish in the ocean, so if you're a shark and you're looking for food, you've got nothing to find. So, but sharks are not going to stalk us. There's a movie called The Shallows that uh, is open, playing in theaters right now. Blake Lively plays a young woman who is tormented by a giant great white shark. This shark uh, wants her. He wants the human tartar. He can't get enough of her uh, and stalks her. That will never happen in real life, right? That's fictional, yeah. When you look at the shark bites that do happen every year, it's very rare that flesh is removed. It's very rare that a shark eats somebody. Like the case of a shark eating a human being doesn't really exist in in recent years. So that's a testament to the fact that sharks aren't interested in eating us. They've been eating things that live in the ocean for 400 million years, and when they bite and they get human, they realize that's not something that they want. They're like, mm. I don't yeah, like it. Yuck. It's like me with uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, there's a Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding campaign to get this film completed. Tell me about that. Where can people find it? And uh, what are some of the perks that are available to them? Yeah, our first movie took four years, and we're now killing 150 million sharks a year, so we don't have enough time to take four years to make this film. So we're doing a Kickstarter campaign to get it going. You can find that on our website, sharkwater.com, or search Kickstarter for Sharkwater. And... There's um, tickets to the movie premiere, there's dive trips with me, there's t-shirts, everything we can sell you to get you to fund our movie. And so people can donate 10 bucks or they can donate 10,000 and everything in between. 30,000, whatever you want, yeah. (laughs) 40,000 maybe would be better. It's only the future we're fighting for here, That's right, that's right. Now, how many sharks do you say are being killed every year? 150 million sharks. 150 million sharks are being killed every year. What percentage of the population of sharks is that in the world? It's a very good question. Scientists don't really know. We know shark populations have dropped more than 90%. Right. Um, And of those 150 million sharks a year, scientists only know where maybe 70 million of those are going. So the 80 million mystery is kind of what the movie's about, is finding these in our daily products and our daily lives. Have you ever felt threatened when you've been with a shark? Sometimes you've got to keep them at bay. Because yeah. they don't stop, and, and often they're massive, and they don't really have a fear of, of you in any way. So sometimes you've got to push them, and you've got to get out of the way. Really? And Yeah, and having a camera, a big, you know, 100-pound camera yeah. really helps, because you can push one with the camera and hold another one, like you're straight-arming <laughs> one in rugby or football. <laughs>
That was Rob Stewart talking about Shark Water Extinction, the film he was working on when he passed away in the Florida Keys. Next up, here's Michael Sarah talking about the Batman Lego movie. We talk about Dick Grayson, we talk about Batman, we talk about all sorts of things. Uh, how an actor can do a voice for a film completely without ever meeting the other actors. Fascinating stuff. Here's Michael Sarah. But you probably worked on it for like a year, right? Even Is it that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, it's, I don't know exactly, but I would say at least two years. Is that right? But you know, every few months, like yeah. in pockets, yeah. Yeah, and when you do it that way, uh, you're not, generally speaking, working with other actors, Never right? once, never once. How crazy is that? Like, I, I always would think that, particularly if you're making a comedy, right. you've got to bounce, you know, off the other actors, I guess, but... It, not really. No? With this. I mean, you know, it's so heavily edited. I mean, this movie, you know, like, the rhythm of it is very yeah. specific. Like I've been saying today, it's to, for me, it's like the best thing I could say about the tone is that it's a little like Chuck Jones to yeah. me. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's just like joke, joke, joke. So in that sense, no matter what you do, even if we recorded together, it's got to be very heavily edited because it has to have this very specific rhythm. Yeah. Um, and actually, the person who I had to play off of was the director, who right. was really good with actors and really good at creating a sense of fun. And he's really in touch with the tone of the movie. He's you know the one driving it. Yeah. So you play off of him. Yeah. And uh, is it a different style of acting than you might do if you were making a live action film? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're only focused on your voice. Yeah. So that gives you a kind of freedom and you, to experiment in ways that you wouldn't normally. And, and there's nobody around. I mean, all self-consciousness that would exist on a set when, you know, there's all this infrastructure put in place yeah. to, like, set the camera up and point it at you and you have to, like, deliver. Yeah. And all that pressure is not there. When you're in the studio, they just push record and, you know, they're not even recording on tape. It's digital. You just let it go and just experiment and fail as many times as you want. And you can, so you have the freedom. Are you improvising as well? Or has, see, I don't even know how it works. Like, does, do, is the animation kind of already done and no. then you're working backwards? No. No, I think traditionally in animation, it's the other way around. Right. They, that, that's what I've heard is that they'll build the soundtrack. You know, the audio, yeah. like all, all the sound effects and all the... Uh, dialogue and all the performances and animate to that. Yeah. I guess it's just, you know, it makes more sense because animation takes so long to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. they want to know what they're doing it to. Um, and as far as the improvisation goes, it's, it was very loose on this. Yeah. I mean, there's a script and the script is good and the jokes work and everything and then and then you would just, sometimes they would just leave it open. Chris would come up with an idea, you know, he's really good at like laughing. So you feel encouraged, you kind of like take chances, you know, you, and then you find like a weird direction and go down it and he's like getting excited about that and coming up with things. It was very open. I was surprised at the, the tone of this in that I thought it was going to be a complete takeoff on Batman and Robin, and it's not really. I mean, it is yeah. kind of a parody, but it's right. not really. It's also kind of a Batman movie. At its core. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's there's a great foundation there. I yeah. mean, Batman, I think the reason it keeps getting rehashed is because it's just a great core story, yeah. and it's great, this, this, this character and the world around him. So I think, you know, there's a lot to play off of within that. Yeah. And were you a fan? Were you, are you a Batman fan? I'm not like... Uh, an overly enthusiastic Batman fan. I never grew up with comics, really. So, but I love watching the movie. I mean, I, I, yeah. I love the movies. I always see them, but I don't like live and breathe it like some people do. You know? Why no comics as a kid? It, it just didn't land with me for some reason. I don't know. I was really into cartoons. Yeah. I mean, I you know, 
and Nintendo, and that was sort of where my head was at as a kid. I didn't really go for comics. Too yeah, much. either did I. Yeah. And, and I don't know exactly what it was. No. I, I, because yeah. I, I, I'm a very visual person. Right. I, you know, I watch them. I like, I like, yeah. and I, I like the, some of the drawings and stuff. But right. the, for some reason, the style of storytelling right. didn't click with me. I know. Even it's funny. I don't know what makes people gravitate towards certain things. Like for me, you know, I started playing guitar when I was. 12 or something because there was one in the house yeah. I always saw my dad playing and then I had friends growing up who played and without them and that exposure I wouldn't have probably been exposed to it so it's right. kind of like what's around you and yeah. what people around you are into you know yeah yeah I was the youngest maybe that's it too there was no and my older my next brother was 8 years older than me so it wasn't like he was sitting around reading comics he right. was already he in school when yeah. I was yeah. he might have handed it down to you yeah. if he was into it yeah yeah maybe right. so yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you haven't seen it haven't seen it yet. No. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you? Are you comfortable watching stuff? I mean, it was this. This is a different thing because it's animated. Yeah. So it's it must feel a little different than watching a yeah. live action. It's different. I don't know if I could say why. I mean, half of the more than half of the performance of this character, I think, is in the animation. Yeah. So that's something I I haven't even experienced yet. But I mean, I've seen snippets of it, and yeah, I yeah. love what I've seen, and I uh, I'm a big fan of the tone, right. of the humor. And uh, a big fan of the first Lego movie, which is why I was very excited to be invited to yeah, yeah. participate in this one. And and you were in Sausage Party recently. Is yeah. that, this is something, uh, the voice work seems to be something that's... Well, I, I would mean, never say no to it. Yeah. As long as someone uh, has a job for me doing it. You know, I mean, it's great work. And, yeah. and generally, really great people that you get to work with. And uh, a very free kind of way of working. It's 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 really nice. Yeah, yeah. It it, it feels to me like a, a like a strange way of working. But I'm not an actor, so I don't. You know how how. Well, just, just the aloneness. It, of it? Well, the the aloneness of it, and the 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 amount of time. Two years of right. going like you work for yeah. a couple of you know, a few days here, take three months off, yeah. go back. Trying to remember what you did. Yeah, and the voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're doing any kind of affected voice, you have to yeah. keep that in your head. Well, I mean, that's why it's really valuable to have a, a director who's like really in touch with the thing. I mean, yeah. and he's you know, Chris was working on this movie nonstop for that entire yeah. time. Yeah. He's living in Australia while they're animating it, wow. and so you come back in and reconnect with that guy and remember what you're doing together. Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. What are there other animated movies that you would look to and say those are those are things that I love? Because you said you were really into cartoons. You mentioned Chuck right. Jones. Right. Love Chuck Jones and. Um, you know, like the old Ren and Stimpy's were great. Yeah. John uh, Chris Felucci yeah. was great, and I, I'm a huge Pixar fan from yeah. the beginning. You know, I just think they're doing some amazing storytelling. And same with um, Studio Ghibli in Japan. Yeah, are doing incredible work. Have yeah. you seen the Red Turtle? No, is that the new one? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's kind of it's a Dutch. Uh, animator whose right. name I can't remember. It's this long, right? And and he's working with them. Okay. And and right. he's yeah. been working on this for a decade or something. I heard about it. Yeah. 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 There's no dialogue. It's is a shipwreck story. A guy and a turtle on an island, and it's great. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. The Red Turtle. Yeah. I have to see that. I saw this amazing movie a few months ago called The Belladonna of Sadness. Oh, I don't know. It's from the '70s, I think, or yeah. maybe even the '60s animated film. It's just like stunning. Sometimes you can see animation and and it totally you're like wow I didn't know they could do that kind of animation too yeah. you know I mean there's a million ways to do it it's really a, an impressive 
medium. Well, it's it's certainly it's a freeing medium, I think, because yeah. the your your only limitation is your imagination That's as right. a filmmaker. I would right. think, right? Yeah. I'm a big fan right now of Rick and Morty too. Do you watch that at all? No. That's got to be the funniest cartoon being yeah. made right now. It's so funny. <laughs> really great. Really great. And uh, so, is there a message to the movie? And I know it sounds like a silly question, but it, it's it's about family, it's about relationships, it's about yeah. all that stuff, yeah. with, with a bunch of jokes thrown in between. Right. I think there's a kind of a take on it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think the Batman character is like this proud loner, and the message of the movie, I think, is kind of like, that's silly, you know? Don't You don't have yeah, to yeah. make yourself... <laughs> so lonely you don't have to like live in a, a self-imposed prison yeah um i think that's if there's any kind of story message that's kind of like what batman seems to that's his growth in this in this movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and for sure like and that is totally but yeah. that's the that's the the classic batman right storyline which is why right. i was kind of surprised <laughs> yeah. that it was at the very yeah. heart and soul but of there's so movie. much humor to be eked yeah. out of that you know like it's so it's such a funny character i mean will arnett doing that like just this guy who is addicted to his own sadness, and yeah. his, you know. His, well, I also his, think that there's, um, you know, a shorthand that you can use with audiences because they right. they know this character that's, so well. I think that's the idea of using this kind of thing as a template. Yeah. All of that groundwork is laid. You don't have to do any any development yeah. with that stuff. You just <laughs> jump right into the jokes, and it's already funny. Yeah. We're already making fun of something that we know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, do you have like a, a giant Lego statue of Robin uh, at your house or anything? Sadly, no. Um, I do have a little one. Do you? <laughs> Lego-sized Robin, um, which is pretty thrilling. I've never had something like that. Yeah, is that the first day? Because yeah. you know, every now and again you meet someone. Oh yeah, my action figure comes <laughs> right. out next week. Yeah. Nobody ever made an action figure of me, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Have this little guy. Yeah. So Twin Peaks. Right. It, it's done. It airs in May, right? I think. <laughs> Does it kind of blow your mind that you're part of this? It blew my mind to uh, get to, to spend any amount of time with uh, David Lynch. Yeah. 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 Actually, I had an experience with David Lynch years ago where I got to meditate with him. Really? Which, um, because he does every day, right? He's a, he's he's a, a big proponent yeah. of uh, transcendental meditation. Yeah. I think he's kind of the leading, like, tub thumper of it yeah. these days. And um, I went and did, you know, like, there's like a four-day thing where they just, they teach you the basic, you know, how you do it. Yeah. And give you your mantra and everything. And um, on the fourth day, this woman was there and she said, I work with David Lynch, the David Lynch Foundation. Would you guys like to meditate with David Lynch? I was with a few friends. We were like, what are you talking about? Like, how is this happening? That yeah. was just like, where did this come from? This like giant gift. Why is this happening? And we kind of took her half seriously. She's like, yeah, I'll, I'll contact you. And like a month later, she's like, do you guys want to come by David's house on Thursday? Me and my four friends. Wow. And him and her. That was the group in his house. In his studio, and I was like, well, how did this happen? Yeah. I don't understand this. <laughs> and uh, he was great. I mean, we spent like an hour with him. He was very friendly. He was talking to us all. We're in his home. And I was stunned to be meeting this man. I never yeah. thought I'd have a chance to meet him. And I was just totally stunned. And, uh, you know, and then you do like a 20-minute meditation. The whole time I was like, wow, David Lynch is five feet from me. That's all I could think about. Very special thing. I interviewed him once years ago. And... Uh, I don't know if he still smokes, but he was smoking then, and he sort of uses the cigarette kind of as a baton when he spoke, <laughs> right? He would say, yeah, and he uses, it's an extension of him. It is, it is, right. and and you end up, well, I ended up anyway, covered with yeah. ashes because he was, you know, <laughs> which was, but they're David Lynch's ashes, so I was right. cool with it. And yeah. uh, but I just remember him saying things like, uh, uh, "Ideas are like fish." 
Sometimes you catch one, and it's yeah, and it's not uh, you know big enough, so you throw it back. Maybe you'll catch it. Use it as bait. He's he's got this book. Yeah, catching the big fish. Oh, is that? I've not read it. Yes, and you can you can actually listen to him read it, which is how I did it. But uh, he's the greatest. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I would, I wish, wish I had more time with him, but the amount of time I did get to spend with him was incredible and he's actually very funny yeah yeah well you think uh, David Carnenberg is sort of like the you know the Canadian equivalent and uh, David Carnenberg yeah. is honestly one of the funniest people I going. bet well Cronenberg's movies are so full of humor I know yeah they are yeah. So he, sometimes you gotta look around the corners to find <laughs> it though that's <laughs> <Yeah>. all <laughs> he's incredible that was Michael Sarah talking about the Lego Batman movie. I guess you don't have to be a big fan of the Batman comics to be a big fan of the Batman story. It's a somber day here at the House of Krauss as we remember Rob Stewart. If you'd like to learn more about him, probably the best way to do that is to watch his work. There's the film Sharkwater, another film called Revolution. Uh, that one won awards all over the world in 2013. Uh, you can check out those and learn more about his passion for the environment and most particularly for sharks. Uh, thanks for coming by. Uh, thanks to Michael Sarah for being here. And uh, thanks to you, particularly. There wouldn't be a House of Krauss unless we had visitors like you. We're so glad to have you here. It's time to go right now, but uh, come back next Monday. Always feel free to swing by every Monday. We put up a new show, and you never know who's going to stop by for a visit. It, it may be one of your favorite people, so come back and see us again. <laughs>